you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I've held on to this story for like the last six years because, well, I know it sounds crazy and I've just got told not to talk about it, so I just haven't. But now I want to share it with you guys to get it off my chest. So I went camping maybe six years ago with a now ex-boyfriend of mine. The campsite that we picked was beautiful too. We were able to drive in through some rough trails. The spot that we picked was next to some hiking trails that went very far from some natural hot springs and a huge waterfall too. We were in the middle of nowhere with absolutely nobody around us. We set up camp next to the car, went hiking, soaked in the hot springs, came back and we had some dinner. It was all just very normal. That is, until we woke up the next day. Now, I need to give some context as to how we slept that night so you can understand my confusion. Before we went to sleep, I put our food cooler in stereo that we brought in the car and locked it. I put the keys in the front pocket of my backpack and put the backpack next to my sleeping bag on the far side of the tent, away from the door of the tent. My boyfriend at the time slept nearest the door of the tent with a gun next to him and We woke up the next morning and I felt fine. I had slept really well that night and from inside the tent, everything seemed normal. But when we got out of the tent, our campsite was absolute chaos. The fire pit that we'd made was ruined, the cooler had been thrown and food was scattered all over the place. The stereo was smashed to pieces laying next to a tree. All of the doors of the car were open, including the trunk. And we just sort of stood there for a minute in silence, just taking everything in. The woods felt off now too. 
It was quiet and not the beautiful campsite that I saw yesterday. Everything about these woods felt wrong now. My ex accused me of not locking the car the night before and that an animal got into our stuff. I promised though that I had locked it and went into the tent to grab the keys from my backpack, but when I did, they weren't there. Actually, I found them later on the ground, right next to the car. We quickly threw everything in the trunk and we just left. My boyfriend was quiet and wouldn't talk to me about what had just happened. He finally spoke up though when we were almost home and told me that he had had a dream the night before about something kneeling over him in the tent holding his gun and just staring at him. When I tried to ask him more questions, he got quiet again and said that he didn't want to talk about it and that I shouldn't talk about it anymore either. I've tried to forget about it too, but I just can't do it. Something really wrong happened to us in the woods that night. I'm just not sure what it was. So this happened in June of 2018 in Portland, Oregon. I understand too that I acted like an idiot in this situation. Since then, I have become much more observant, cautious, and honestly, just much more paranoid. So, I went dancing with some friends and was really drunk by midnight. Unfortunately, this was back when I had little money, and I realized that you could save money by eating very little before going out, and it would take far fewer drinks to get drunk. So, I was so drunk that I barely remember my friend ordering me an Uber home, and my phone was dead, of course. I can vaguely recall them helping me into the car and telling me to get home safe. I don't remember greeting the driver or the first minute or so, but soon after getting in, he asked how my night was and if I smoked. Honestly, I was just thinking about bed at this point, so I just sort of slurred out that I did sometimes. He then offered me a joint, and this is the first moment that I sort of got nervous and began paying attention. I tell him something like I'm really tired and just ready to get home. I think he said something about it being an indica-based joint and it made for great sleep. Once again, I say something not exactly like no, but not a yes, which he takes as a yes, I'll have that joint now. Once again, I'm still drunk enough that I can barely see straight or speak clearly, so when he says, okay, well, I have to cancel the ride really quick because I can't give it to you while I'm on the clock, or something to that effect, it takes me a second to realize just how dangerous that is, and by the time that I start to say something, he's already canceled the ride and pulls over. We're in an area just east of Hawthorne Bridge, I think anyway, and it was totally secluded. Some empty parking lots, a closed auto body shop, no one in sight. It's starting to hit me that I'm now in the car and not with an Uber driver, but with some stranger. I can't call anyone and he's trying to give me weed and that could have anything in it. For the next minute or so, we're pretty quiet or I just can't remember any small talk that he tried to make because I was beginning to panic. And every time that he handed me the joint, I would take fake hits, just breathing it into my mouth and not into my lungs. Honestly too, I felt tired and clumsy and weak, that kind of drunk where you're almost at the point of nausea and I knew that I couldn't do much of anything to defend myself at that point. 
I remember vividly being fixated for a moment on the fact that I didn't even have a pair of keys to defend myself with, as my building used fobs for just about everything, and I didn't take my mail key with me. As I'm freaking out, I look up to see if this guy is sort of noticing, and I make eye contact with him in the mirror. He was staring at me too, but I couldn't read his expression. Finally, he says something along the lines of, well, let's get out of here. I tell him that I'll just call another Uber to get home, thinking at this point that it might even be safer to walk. And he says, no, I still have your address and I'll just take you home. For a moment, I was relieved, to be honest. I guess I wanted to believe him so badly that I would get home safe that I just believed him. So I tried to calm myself down, thinking that he hadn't actually done anything threatening. Maybe he was just your typical stoner guy, and maybe I was just overreacting. At this time, I lived on PSU campus in downtown Portland, in the southwest area of the city. He's driving me north on the east side of the river. There are several bridges to our left, and as he keeps moving north, he has several opportunities to take an exit to hop over the river and get me back downtown. But he just keeps skipping them. We keep passing bridge after bridge that could get me home. Up in northeast Portland, there are some large industrial areas that can get very isolated at night, and Portland in general is surrounded by lots of forests, so I knew that he could have me in a secluded area really quickly. After he passes like the fourth exit for a bridge, pretty sure it was the Broadway Bridge, I've been racking my brain for a way to make him actually take me home and say something to the effect of, hey, my boyfriend is waiting for me at home. Which was actually true, though I said it in a very meek way. My driver says nothing, but he did take the next exit for a bridge and basically hung a giant U-turn that started taking me home. Even as we're on the west side of town heading south, though, I'm still shaking and have my hand on the door handle, thinking about just hopping out at a red light the closer that we get to my apartment. My phone is completely dead and he honestly still has several chances to hop onto nearby highways and just speed out of the city if he wanted to. We're getting pretty close to my apartment now and I'm once again trying to convince myself that I'm being paranoid about some stoner that can't navigate the city. Although, a few times before, I was so scared that I was crying. So, once we get about two blocks from my apartment, I lie and I tell him that it's easiest to stop here and he can let me out. Again, he doesn't say anything but does slow the car. I'm flooded with relief too and even feel myself smile, but when I go to open the door, it's locked. I try to lift the lock mechanism manually, but it won't budge. I look up at him instinctually to see what's up and he's got his head turned almost fully toward me, shoulders still facing the road, smiling at me. The worst smile that I've ever seen. It looked so mocking and it just didn't reach to his eyes at all. I just started crying and asking him to open the door. I was so freaked out and still really drunk and thank God he did. I will never forget the sensation of vulnerability, not just being drunk in his car with no way to contact anyone, but even as I got out of that car, I kept feeling like he would somehow grab the back of my shirt and pull me back in, as silly as that sounds. When I got home, I found out my boyfriend had actually gone out with friends last minute and wasn't even home in the end. 
He wouldn't have even have known till much later if I hadn't gotten back safely. The next day though, I convinced myself that I was just freaking out over nothing, which I realized could still be the case, but in my gut I had truly felt in danger that night. Technically this guy could have been totally harmless, I know that, but still, I still think I should have texted my friend and had her report him. The big thing though that made me think of this was recently hearing about how Ed Kemper, co-ed killer, would go for practice runs, picking up hitchhikers and seeing if he could get the passengers, potential victims, to trust him or how far out of his comfort zone he could push them without them saying anything. Obviously this guy wasn't Ed Kemper but I hate wondering if that night was a practice run of sorts for my Uber driver. Anyway. Thanks to whoever has listened to this all the way through and I'm at the point in my life where I'm realizing just how much danger I put myself in when I was younger and just honestly depressed. It has made me both surprised and deeply grateful too that I am still here. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So I want to start off by saying that I have never experienced anything visual like this before. And if there is a possible explanation, I'm not sure how they could be though. I would like to hear it. So my girlfriend and I are in the process of moving into a basement suite. We still technically reside at our old place across town for another three days. Her name is the only one on the lease since we've been having some relationship issues due to work stress and also some personal problems. But this basement suite that we moved into had actually been completely gutted and most of the appliances and flooring replaced, except for the bathroom. It's now a city legal suite with its own water heater and stuff like that since there had apparently been a massive police investigation done a few months prior. But we weren't told much about what exactly happened there, other than drug-related incidences, but I went into the bathroom to do some cleaning yesterday evening and noticed what looks like blood at the bottom of the radiator. It seemed creepy and I didn't want to touch it. 
because, well, it's gross. But anyway, a few hours pass and my girlfriend goes to bed in the bedroom and I fall asleep on the couch watching TV. I woke up at around 4 o'clock in the morning to our cat knocking a plant off the windowsill and messing with the blinds. The lights were off but I have a big black light aquarium in the living room which lit up most of the living room and kitchen area. My girlfriend came out of the room to ask what was going on and I was sort of ticked off, half asleep and cleaning dirt off the countertops. She told me to just leave it for tomorrow and just come to bed and then walked away. I stayed up and continued cleaning for maybe 20 minutes since there was dirt all over the place. And this is what actually terrifies me even thinking about it now. So, like I said, I was in the kitchen wiping down the counters. It was pretty dim but I could still see. It's now around 4.30 in the morning. I turned around towards the garbage can and my girlfriend is standing in the dark doorway just staring at me. I couldn't see her face clearly but it was a six foot thin figure, the exact build as my girlfriend. I said, sorry if I'm keeping you up, I'm almost done. She just stood there facing me. I figured that she just was ticked off since we'd been arguing off and on this whole week. So I finished what I was doing and walked past her and asked if she wanted to come to bed. But she didn't move. I walked straight into the bedroom and I closed the door and my girlfriend was laying there sleeping. I, uh... Woke her up by closing the door and I guess the look on my face scared her enough to make her spring up in bed wide awake and ask what happened repeatedly. I started gagging, swearing and pretty much just lost it for a minute or two. And then I told her that I just saw her in the kitchen and she said, well yeah, I came out earlier and asked what happened. I told her no, I just walked past her into the bedroom. She pretty much went silent peeked out the door and nothing was there. We both went to sleep a while later after this. Now, I don't get strange feelings here at all, which I guess is the weird part, but man, what a trip. I have no idea what that was last night and it scared me so bad that I almost threw up when I realized that my girlfriend had been sleeping the past half an hour. And I have idea what to make of any of it. So my mum, my dad and my big sister and I were on holiday at a big family style resort in the 90s. For context too, this actually happened somewhere in a South American country. Now, I've told this story so many times too but I don't want to dox myself by giving away too many details, so please forgive me if something doesn't quite make sense. But for context, I actually have no recollection of this event, but I do remember parts of the holiday. The sea, the white sand, the banana trees. The four of us were actually staying at one of those classic family hotels. The ones with a buffet breakfast has eggs, bacon, fresh fruits and pancakes galore. The type where there are also lots of kids and lots of animation for them. There was a kids club too where I could go and I remember making a friend there too. A little boy about my age. Unfortunately though, that's all I sort of really remember. And the rest is all from my dad's recounting. So we were in the hotel playing area, my parents and I. A woman working for the hotel part of the kids club animation team was playing with me and... I was a cute little shy blonde kid. 
she started playing with me and talking to me. My parents relax, enjoy their holiday knowing that their daughter is being entertained by the kids club staff. All good, right? Until my dad turns around and sees that I'm missing. I'm not next to them. The woman playing with me is also nowhere in sight too. With Papa Bear reflexes, my dad stands up to see that the woman is walking slowly but surely across the hotel with his daughter in her arms. He begins chasing her down the hotel and she takes up some speed, beginning to run with me. This was a vast complex though, so there was a long way to go. But my dad says that he ran after her through doors, which she would close in his nose. And by a stroke of luck, he managed to catch up with her just before she made it to the side exit and pulled me out of her hands. In shock, he grabbed me and ran back, letting the woman disappear into a forest nearby. Immediately, my parents went to the hotel to complain and let them know either their staff or somebody pretending to be their staff tried to kidnap me. The hotel, unfortunately, brushed this off casually and said, Oh, don't worry about that. This happens sometimes. Crazy, right? Anyway, I hope this hotel has changed since the 90s, but it really makes me think just how messed up it was that the hotel just didn't seem to care. In fact, it was almost like they were in on it too somehow. One evening, about five years ago I'd say now, I travelled to Loch Ness with a friend to see the loch and the surrounding area. We had planned on arriving by afternoon, spend the evening, then head to the hotel when it got dark. And that was perfect. We got there too with no problems and we spent the day together just taking in the beautiful landscape. The moon began to rise and so we decided it was time to head back as we had spent the majority of the day there. As my friend began to drive back, she went around a sharp bend and I mean the word to its very meaning, she narrowly avoided a man standing on the edge. She was quite understandably in shock and slammed the brakes in sheer panic she began to pant, verging on hyperventilation as I tried to calm her down. She had actually believed that she had hit the man when she swerved. Thankfully though, the man was okay as we later learned because he walked towards the car and apologized for standing so near the road. After he tried to make some small talk with repeated apologies, he showed me two pictures and asked if I knew who the people were because he was trying to track them down. It was dark, so I switched the light on and quickly glanced and then said I didn't. I showed my friend, and she just shook her head without properly looking. She was still in shock. The man didn't ask for the photos back, nor did that conversation go any further. He apologized again and wished us a good night. Without realizing, I joked that we would be better back at the hotel. He laughed, and then he just walked off, didn't take the pictures. And so, we just drove off too. When we were in the hotel room, I looked at the two pictures more attentively this time, and when I did, I felt sick to the pit of my stomach. Because one of the pictures was of me and my friend stood at the water's edge overlooking the lock with my arm wrapped around her. The picture had actually been taken from behind us. The second picture was one of me and my friend walking together, our faces clearly seen. That picture was taken from the side, but it must have been done in a, a wooded area too because you could see the branches sort of. 
We both sat for about an hour with the pictures in our fingertips, just sort of speechless. I tried to remember the man, but I couldn't remember any features because of the darkness, besides a beard, I think, and glasses, and also that he was soft-spoken. And later that night, I was awoken by my friend who was screaming frantically. When I ran into the room, she said that a man with glasses was watching her through the window. And at that, we packed up and we left pretty quickly. I've never been back to the Loch Ness since then and honestly, I don't intend to. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So for context, I was raised in a firmly Christian home. My mother and father are deliverance ministers, which is the Christian equivalent of like an exorcist. They would basically take time out of their schedule to help people who called with spiritual issues and on occasion cast out demons if the case was really bad. Because of where we lived too, there was quite a few people who had a, a screw or two loose, mostly because of drugs and gangs and stuff. Often the worst cases of demonic possession would get like four hours of chatting, anointing, praying, and casting out demons. Surprisingly too, almost everyone who came in for help got better and sometimes would even become good family friends. Amazingly though, many people who would have been deemed catatonic or schizophrenic would also make a full recovery and live stable lives. I know this is going to sound a bit weird too, but I'm a bit of a skeptic of this. A firm believer in Christ and the demonic, but this is some of my spooky childhood experiences that have stood out to me that I wanted to share with you guys. Like I said, I am a bit of a skeptic still, but anyway, this is what happened. So my childhood home, especially my room, was not a fun place to be after dark. It was a very odd room. Later in life too, I learned why it was actually designed the way it was. The house was actually meant to be built in the opposite direction and my bedroom was a mistake in the house's design. This led the room to feel just really weird. For instance, the vent system extruded from the ceiling and a section of the wall in the corner which protruded out with seemingly no reason just stood there. But the weirdest part for me was the sketchy built-in dollhouse. It was a closet that fit under the vent system and because the way the room was designed, there was no light in the dollhouse walk-in closet. And two experiences in particular in that room have always stayed with me. Both of them scared me really badly as a kid and I gave the reoccurring experiences, there were more than just these two, nicknames as I got older. 
and moved out of the house. But the first one, I titled Mr. Blanket. So my first paranormal experience has to do with my blanket forts. The nickname blanket fort comes from the apparition's appearance. It was always covered under thick cloth blankets. Mr. Blanket would often appear late into the night, somewhere around 11 or 12 p.m. after I'd gone to sleep. My worst encounter with Mr. Blanket, though, happened during the winter. Everything on the second story was always really cold and we would often use lots of blankets up there. As a child, seeing all the blankets and the pillows lying about gave me a brilliant idea to build blanket forts in my room. My sister and I would play inside the forts and we had lots of good memories in there. But on this particular night, we had a pillow fight and left the blankets and pillows strewn all over the floor of my room. I woke up to the sound of something rustling in my room. I looked out across my dimly lit room and that was when I saw it. The figure stood about three and a half feet tall and was covered entirely by a blanket. It stood at the corner of my room and at first I honestly thought that I was dreaming and closed my eyes again. A few seconds later I opened them and the figure had now moved closer to my bed. It was standing in the middle of my room and in a panic I sort of got up from my bed and ran to turn the light on. The room was flooded with light and I turned back and... The figure that I saw was now gone. With only a blanket left on the floor where it stood, I sort of looked around but there was nothing to find. I went to my parents who were sleeping in the downstairs bedroom and I asked if I could sleep with them that night and told them about what I'd saw. They told me that it was just a dream and I should go back upstairs and get back to bed. Turning the light off and going back to bed was honestly one of the hardest things to do as a kid. I remember thinking that it was waiting for me to sleep as that's when it would come out. When I finally was ready to sleep too, I decided to open my eyes one last time before passing out. And this is the moment that's always stuck with me. When I opened my eyes, it was only an arm length away from my bed, just standing there, still, like perfectly still, almost as if it was watching me. At that moment, I felt like death was at my bedside and I felt like if I moved in the wrong way I would instantly be dragged away by whatever the heck this thing was. It was close enough too that I would have been able to reach out and touch its head if I wanted to. My plan from that point too was to grab it before it did the same to me. I sheepishly raised my hand toward the figure. It stood as still as a statue before. I quickly grabbed the blanket and flung it up onto the bed to reveal nothing. There was nothing under the blanket. No furniture, no sibling trying to prank me, absolutely nothing. After that point, Mr. Blanket, whoever he was, seemed to leave me alone. He did show up once or twice after that, but he never did get as close as he did that cold winter night. Personally though, compared to the rest of my experiences, Mr. Blanket was definitely one of the worst. The second one, though, is called the Slammer, and to me, Slammer was the scariest one, mostly because it wasn't limited to the night like the other ones. In fact, you could actively watch as in clear daylight as it did its thing. If a door was left open or unlocked, he would mess with them during any time of the day. It got so bad that the doors to the upstairs bedrooms were actually removed at one point. 
Our parents thought that I and my sister would slam the doors just for fun or out of spite, but we both knew that the doors would fly open or slam shut by themselves. I remember the last night Slammer messed with those doors too. It was when my parents both came home late and I was left alone at home. I was playing with my toys, only to have my closet, which was closed and locked, that's how bad it got eventually, fly open and I was confused, watched as it closed, leaving a hole in the drywall where the handle was. And to say that I was on edge would be an understatement. But then real spooky stuff happened. All three of the upstairs doors opened and then slammed closed all at once. And right at that moment, my ten-year-old self decided that it was high time to do some demon hunting and I prayed for protection over every room and kept reading of verses from the Bible until my parents got back. And at first, they were really ticked off. They had actually just reinstalled the doors and even added locks for this exact reason, but... After I told them what happened and showed them the proof, a kid my age can't slam a door so hard that it breaks a drywall like that. They anointed all of the doors and casted the demonic spirits out of the house. But what sticks with me is that after that night, I never had another demonic issue in my room ever again. I eventually moved too and all of the paranormal stuff went away. My parents also stopped having deliverance sessions in our house after that point too, which... I don't know if it's all related, but it could be, I suppose. Like I said at the start, I'm a bit of a skeptic when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but I've definitely experienced enough to know that all of this, it's definitely real. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I was in 6th grade, I was in a band, clarinet. I wanted to play saxophone, but Grandpa had a clarinet, so that's what it ended up being. The band instructor was a middle-aged woman who I'm going to refer to as Mrs. Frond. I'm watching Bob's Burgers while writing this, so as to protect her identity. Anyways, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up, so I had a lot of extra lessons after school. After a while, she started offering me extra lessons at her house... And even then, that made me uncomfortable, and I just refused. She was pretty persistent, though, and would offer at least once a week, and eventually, I just stopped going back altogether for extra lessons. And one day, Miss Frond announced that we had been invited to be in the Christmas parade downtown. Awesome, that's great, I thought. The school is literally a year old, it's great for exposure, and best of all, it was going to be fun. We were really excited too. We all had extra rehearsals and the school made sure that we had whatever we needed. Permission slips were soon signed and everything went perfectly. The day of the parade, we all meet at our designated area. As we get dropped off, Miss Frond tells the parents where to pick us up at the end and her and some parade officials were the ones watching over us after they left. The parade starts and everything goes smoothly, at least from my perspective. 
I was so nervous though that there could have been a five float pile up and I wouldn't have noticed. But at the end, everyone gets picked up and I'm the last one left alone with Miss Frond. And Miss Frond immediately grabs my arm after the last kid is out of sight and tells me that I can call my mum from her house. And she starts booking it, me in tow. I had very little experience being on my own and I really didn't know how to act in this kind of situation. So despite the fact that I had recently been uncomfortable around her, I just sort of went along with it. Well, looking back, it probably didn't look that unusual to anyone because she wasn't tall and I really shot up in 6th grade, so it's not like I was being dragged or anything. In fact, I kept up pretty well. I couldn't tell you too where in particular that she took me, but it was definitely further out than where everyone else was parked. Her car is the only one in sight and she starts a beeline towards it. It was one of those dark blue-green SUVs that pretty much everyone had in the late 90s. When suddenly, I hear my name being yelled behind me. I turn and I see my mum panting and sprinting towards us. Miss Fron's grip tightens and she speeds up. And eventually, mum yanked me from Miss Fron's grip and, without a word, took me to her car and we went home where she proceeded to fawn over me, which was confusing because... I was pretty much ignored like 99% of the time. I guess I just had no idea what had happened. After that too, I never saw Miss Frond again in school or heard anything about her ever again. In fact, I don't even know her first name to look her up and my family, they never really spoke about her ever again. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.